Welcome to Birth Stories in Color, a podcast creating community for people of color to share and learn from birth stories of all types. We're your hosts, Laurel Gurrier and Danielle Jackson. Today's episode features Levita Stokes. She is the majority owner of Lars Properties, LLC, and vice president of Three, Pre- Three Leaf Productions. She is also the accomplished author of A Father's Love and a respected speaker in the Columbus, Ohio area. She considers herself an advocate for personal and professional development of individuals and families. And along with all those great accomplishments, she's my mom. So we are super excited to have her on today. And... Hello, Levita. Welcome Good to the show. Good afternoon, ladies. <laughs> it's great to be here. Yes. So, um, can you start by telling a little bit about yourself and your family and also telling everyone um, here live that I'm your favorite? <laughs> so, there's that. That's Just that. putting that out there. <laughs> well, as Laurel said, um, I am her mom. Um, she introduced me very well. I'm also the mother of uh, three other beautiful children. Laurel is the oldest. Then there's Amber. There is uh, Ron Jr. and Sydney. I have been married to my wonderful husband, Ron Stokes, for 33 years. Hey. Awesome. You forgot two other people who would be... Oh my goodness. And I'm a nana. I am a nana of the beautiful Princess Naomi and the little Prince Omari. Aww. My babies. My little babies. My babies. Yep. That's them. Um, well, I guess we'll jump right into it. That's right. Can you tell us a little bit about your pregnancy and which pregnancy are you sharing today? Well, since I've had four, let's let's talk about Laurel since she was the oldest, since she is the oldest. And uh, for the most part, my pregnancies were very healthy, uh, stress-free pregnancies. Um, The first three were natural births. Uh, The last one, Sydney, I think my body was just like, okay, Nah, you don't have to do this anymore. You can go ahead on and get that epidural that you've been uh, afraid of for the first three. And um, I think that's the best thing I could have ever done. That's the best thing I could have ever done. Um, you know, and each pregnancy was uh, only six hours, six hours long of labor and mm-hmm. pushing and then the, the babies being here. So Wow. Did you notice any differences in your pregnancy? I'm thinking about one as an observation, but. <laughs> I, I don't think so. Um, with you being the first, I, I just went into it blindly. I didn't have mm-hmm. anyone to give me any type of uh, education, what was gonna happen. Um, I just knew that I wanted to have a natural childbirth. Uh, mm-hmm. Sydney being the youngest, after having, like I said, three already, I was just like, okay, let's get this over with and let's ask for that epidural. But that was after almost five hours of labor, so I think I was already there. Did you, um, like when you, when you were thinking about your care providers... Did you stay with the same person for all four births, or? 
I'm glad you asked that question. I did stay with the same uh, care provider through all four births, and he was absolutely the most amazing doctor I could have. Now, when I was ready to deliver Amber, because I was so ready to like be done, and I told him, I said, look, I'm ready to have this baby. Uh, he says, LaVita, if you had the baby this weekend, I won't be here. There will be another doctor. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm going to, you know, just let you know that now. And I was in, like, active labor. And so um, I wish I just would have waited, like he said, because the doctor who delivered Amber was horrific. Mm -hmm. It was one of the most awful birthing experiences out of the four kids that I had. Uh, he screamed and hollered at me during labor. Uh, he told me I was gonna push. You know, I was like, I, I can't do this. He said, yes, you can. And I remember when my doctor actually uh, came to visit uh, Amber and I, I told him about it and he said, I'm so sorry about that. I said, he doesn't ever need to deliver anybody else's baby because mm -hmm. his bedside manner was absolutely horrible. So mm -hmm. out of the four kids, that was, I think, the most yeah. horrific delivery that I went through. And it it was the doctor and the doctor's mannerism, mm -hmm. no compassion whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about... Um did you, like, in thinking about your pregnancies and walking through them and, you know, after you have, like, one, you tend to take the lessons from that first one into your others. But, like, were there any of your friends who had had children before that you all had talked about, like, things to consider or think about? or yeah, Especially when you had Laurel, like, that first one. Out of my circle of friends, I was actually the first one mm -hmm. to... Um, Get, pre get pregnant mm -hmm. and, and have have a baby. So mm -hmm. I didn't really have anyone to talk to uh, in regards to pregnancy. My, my mother, you know, she didn't give me too much inf information, nor did my grandmother. So mm -hmm. I just, Ronnie and I, just went into it blindly. We didn't want to take classes because we thought we knew it all. Nobody taught us how to get a baby. Oh, no, I don't want to go take any Lamaze classes or anything like that. So, yeah. But I even, I think about that. I think about probably what was being taught then and how it was being taught and who was being taught by. Right. Um, it you know, wasn't a space like now where we have, you know, our childbirth that's dedicated to our community, like things, people who look like us, um, who are living the experience we have, we have. So you even just saying Lamaz, like, I just feel like that's so, it's a form of childbirth education that mm -hmm. isn't as talked about now. Now, yeah. right before that was like the deal. What everybody mm -hmm. did. Yeah. Because um, I don't hear Lamaz. Anymore. Right. Do they still, still have Lamaze? Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Oh, okay. they do. Yeah. But it, you're right. I mean, like, not many people. It's like hypno babies. Um, hypno babies. <laughs> yeah, and then just doing like the regular, I have to say regular with air quotes um, forms of childbirth, Ed, where it's not like tailored to a specific way of going into it. Mm -hmm. But. Right. Um, I do think about like the hospitals host a lot of them. right. Um, I do think about 
what type of stuff was being shared and taught during that time that would have even made it be like enticing to want to go. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Nothing was really being shared. They did talk about Lamaze classes, and I think I may have watched a video on um, TV, mm-hmm. but I was like, I, I'm not doing that. And I, and I knew <laughs> Ronnie wasn't going to do it, so I'm like, I, I said, I got this. I got mm-hmm. this. But come down to the actual going into labor and going into the hospital and just being so nervous and so afraid, it tensed up my whole body. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I didn't relax throughout the entire labor process, mm-hmm. which probably would have m- made it less stressful on me. But as I said before, I, I had girlfriends when we were back in high school. They said, oh, labor is nothing. It's just like period cramps. Oh my goodness I said now who said that Because it's nothing like Period cramps And with Laurel and with Sydney I had front and back labor Mm -hmm. So I was not given a chance To you go I went from one contraction To the next Mm -hmm. So it was It wasn't the best experience But I was happy when it was all over. Mm-hmm. And I did it three more times. So you talked, we kind of covered um, how you prepared for birth. Um, and you said like with the first one, you kind of went in blindly. Were there things that you then thought about after my birth for Amber, Ronnie, or Sydney that you took with you into their births to help you prepare? I think it could have been just let, letting my body relax, mm-hmm. not being um, fearful of the process. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what helped me, even in having Amber, but it was more so the doctor's bedside manner mm-hmm. that threw me for a loop. Right. Um, the no compassion there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I even think about when you talk about feeding the baby, I tried to nurse Laurel, um, but just was not able to do it, didn't have the correct resources. I held out as long as I could, um, still trying to nurse her. And um, when it came time, when I got pregnant with Amber, I, they said, are you going to nurse her? I said, no, mm-hmm. just give her the bottle. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think had I had a little bit more knowledge in that aspect, I probably could have nursed Laurel, mm-hmm. um, but didn't. I probably could have nursed all my kids because the last two were nursed, mm-hmm. and they nursed fine. Mm-hmm. But by then, I had the resources that I needed, and I wasn't so uh, apt to give up mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I, I said, I can do this. But I yeah. still didn't have anyone there mm-hmm. helping me. Yeah. I just weathered the storm. Right. And uh, eventually um, it worked fine. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering, where, where were, for, like, for Amber's birth, where did I go? What do you mean, where did you go? Like, I'm thinking about, where like, did, like, where... <laughs> <laughs> Like, did you have, like, so when you went into labor, like, who did you, who, like, who watched me or, like, what was the prep for the subsequent kids? 
before your birth. You know, I have no clue. <laughs> Somebody I they trust. Think, right. Right. <laughs> yeah. It could have been, you, you know, gr- Grandma Grandma Ruby. Yeah, that's Your grandmother, she's now, yeah. you know, deceased. But it probably was Grandma Ruby okay. in all aspects. Because I knew you were with me when I went to the doctor visit uh, with Amber. And I knew I was contracting the minute I got out of the visit. Mm-hmm. So I said, Laurel... I think your sister's going to be born mm-hmm. this either this weekend or today. And no sooner than I said that, the contractions got a little bit harder. And um, Dad came home and I said, no, we got to go. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so, um, but I think it, would, it was probably gra- Grandma Ruby because she took care of okay. all of you guys. Okay. And then even with like, when, with Ronnie and Sydney, yeah. probably Grandma Ruby. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm just wondering, like, when we talk about prep for birth, Mm -hmm. like, I actually don't, in my mind, I don't ever remember, and I was old enough specifically, like, for Ronnie and Sydney to know what birth was and that you were pregnant, but I don't remember, like, ever seeing you in labor or thinking things were going on with labor and but I do and like one thing that comes to mind is when you found out you were pregnant with Sydney that conversation (laughs) (laughs) but other than that I don't remember what the process was like for us when you were pregnant or like in preparing us for the birth so that's why I'd ask that question that's and like I said that's a good question but I don't think I ever prepared you guys Mm -hmm. so Babies just come. Babies just come. Yeah. I, you know, I don't... And then you guys came to... The, I remember after Ron Jr., Dad brought you and Amber to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I don't... You know, that's a great question, Laura, because I don't think you ever saw me in labor. No. Mm-hmm. No. Wow. Mm-mm. Wow. And I mean, like, so that kind of goes into the, the knowing of the mother, though, too. Like, you started preparing her by saying, like, when she said, like, you might meet your, your sister yeah. this weekend. And from there, your preparations took over. She was probably with grandma. And each consequence, mm-hmm. you were with grandma. So when things start to kick in for you mentally, you're like, this is happening. Bye, Laurel. You right. gotta go shoot with your grandma. <laughs> <laughs> this is about to happen. And once it gets going, I don't need to be worried about right. you. <laughs> so You're good. You're good. You're with someone. You're in good place. Yeah. So, yeah. I think that that's. I think that's a natural thing. Like that's yeah. not. Like the center of everything usually becomes like just the labor itself. Right. Like, right. I need Ron here. Mm-hmm. I need you there. Mm-hmm. And it might have been your dad that did some of the right. true, right. true, that the navigating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that could. That could and then by the time with Sydney, I'm assuming you could have watched. Them I was all. probably watching. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back. Right. right. So I'm assuming I might have blocked some of that out. Right. You um, might have blocked some of that. <laughs> we can go into that later. <laughs> but yeah, but Sydney, I'm assuming that. I probably helped because you in were some old ways. enough. Oh I yeah, think, to have watched both, and Amber was old enough too. So you probably did oh. watch them until Dad oh. got me situated, mm-hmm. and then he possibly could have had someone to come watch you, you guys. Yeah. That's another thing that these are these six-hour labors. Mm-hmm. Like that is nothing in birth world. Like yeah. that is so quick. Right. Like it's like. 
you didn't even go through a full work shift. You know what I mean? Like, that's I'm so happy because after watching Laurel, you might have been in school in six okay. hours. <laughs> very true. That's true. That's very true. After watching Laurel, I'm I'm like thank God. <laughs> I went yes. quick because I I think they would have had to put me to sleep. Mm. I just it's uh, no. I know. <laughs> Like, sedate me. <laughs> you know they did that back in the day. Yeah, I know. We've got yes. some, some okay. grandma stories that yes, that is a they thing. Did you wake up and you day. just have a baby on your lap. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, that's good. I could have did that. <laughs> <laughs> I could have did that, yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's funny. Mm-mm. Yeah, six hours. Yeah, you might not have had to go to grandma's. Right, exactly. Now I do know that you know when you talk about how the pregnancies went. um, Out of all four of my children, and here's another thing where you don't know if you you don't know. I suffered severely after Amber's birth Mm. with postpartum depression. Mm. It was horrible Mm -hmm. and no one had ever explained to me what that sadness is why you feel the way you feel Mm -hmm. you know the baby's hungry you don't want to feed the baby and all you want to do is just stay in the bed and I said something is not right here Mm -hmm. but no no one told me Mm -hmm. that this is what I was going through and later in life as I had begun to read stories about women who suffered severe postpartum depression. Some women even took their lives. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. So with my girls and even with my son, um, I can educate them on those type of things. Because mm-hmm. I know when you were pregnant, I discussed this mm-hmm. with her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I, I also discussed it with, um, you know, her husband, uh, Francis. I said, if you see these signs or you go through the, if, if you see this going on, you know, this could be a sign of mm-hmm. something. And a lot of, a lot of women don't know. Mm-hmm. They just think, well, maybe this is, no, and they call it baby blues. Mm-hmm. I said, no, this is something more than just baby blues. So, I was so glad when that period of my life was over with. And it took several months. It took several months of me just readjusting Mm -hmm. and saying, okay, something's just not right here. Mm -hmm. You know, talking to my doctor and them explaining. And I said, well, shouldn't this have been explained early on? Because with Laurel, I breezed through the pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Snap back, was at work. And then with Amber, it was just like I had to have an extended leave mm-hmm. of absence. But then with Ron Jr. and Sydney, I was fine. Mm-hmm. So I think education, especially for us, is key. Mm-hmm. It's key. Whatever is out there that we can give uh, a mother that is pregnant and going to deliver Education is really very key. And also understanding that you have the right to choose your your birth experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so. And you're talking about your postpartum, and we've talked about this a little bit, um, how some of that could be related to your birth experience. So um, 
do you want to share your birth or births, whichever birth you feel led to share? Um, well, the the main one would be when I talk about Amber. That was that was the most. And now, so you just made me click. You're right. It could have been. That was the most horrific birth experience I had ever gone through because, like I said, it's natural, you know, no medicine. And I've seen Laurel deliver naturally. So I can, you know, just imagine. But this doctor is telling me, I'm saying, no, I don't want to push. And he's screaming, yes, you're going to push, screaming mm -hmm. my name, you know. And, um, so I was just so ready to get the baby out. I was so ready to get Amber out. And, you know, when it was over, it was just for me, and I always think about this, it was the most horrific birth experience I had with all mm -hmm. four of my kids. And mm -hmm. so you're right. It could, that mm -hmm. could have played a part. Mm -hmm. um, but my, my doctor, he, he apologized. He said, I'm sorry. But then again, he also said, I told you. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, there's, it's, it's like a, you know, you have someone who's trying to apologize for someone else's mistake, right. but. As if you could hold a baby in for the weekend. Right, <laughs> right. I mean, if you're already showing signs of labor, like right. you're going to go into labor if your body's ready. Um, so there's nothing like you can do to stop that, but then to walk into the environment. And like you said, like you had already knowing yourself like you needed your body to be relaxed i mean anyone who's in labor mm -hmm. needs their body to be right. relaxed but then to go into a situation where you have a doctor who you're trusting to help you mm -hmm. get through this and your baby safely and healthy um screaming at you um talking to you any time away i'm assuming doing sort of like doing things without consent um right. that could be that that takes away from your the whole birth experience, experience and the right. control that you mm -hmm. have mm -hmm. right um, mm -hmm. and it you and yeah. just what you thought you knew like, right just like he's saying push and you're like no that's not what I want to do yet and you know your body you know what your body mm -hmm. is telling you to do and having someone in the room in that space going against you right and right. what that can do for you mentally it mm -hmm. was it was by far the the, it was just horrible. So, um, and I think at one point he even pushed down on my stomach, oh, and I was just like, "Are you serious?" Because now I'm screaming and crying, you know. And then he's screaming and crying. I told you you're gonna push, you know. And I'm just like, "Oh my gosh!" So in the back of my mind, I'm like, "I just want to hurry up and get this baby out, mm -hmm. so he can out, get out, so he can get out, right?" Mm -hmm. That's and that, and that was the thing right there. Um, but it all turned out, you know, I didn't see him the next day. By that time, my other doctor had came back, and I was able to explain to him um, and everything. So, and I'm glad I didn't because I probably would have just gave him a huge piece of my mind. Mm -hmm. so. mm -hmm. Yeah, but thinking about that, like you know, we've said before that does affect your postpartum and your ability to it can you know your ability to connect with mm -hmm. your children mm -hmm. when you're trying to process something traumatic that Just happened right. to you right and without having the tools or like you said like these resources right. that are so 
widely available now that even even without people knowing, still people still don't know what all is out there for them, or it's not talked about within our families. Mm-hmm. Like when we talk about, um, like you said, your mom and grandmother didn't really talk about the pregnancy or what yeah. to expect and all these different things. And just Laurel has you, and she had that experience mm-hmm. with you. And it's not to knock our families. It's very much so... Uh, Almost like a generational thing where yes. everything yes. is a secret or mm-hmm. if you, you dig too deep, right. grandma's going to back up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nobody right. wants to tell the whole truth. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> <laughs> and, and so it's, it is. You dig too deep, you might hit something. And so it's like, but I still need to know something, right. you know. And we, I, my mom never told me about anything. And I'm just now learning who she was after her passing and me digging into genealogy and mm-hmm. getting her birth certificate. And um, as I told Laurel, my mother came into this world, she was only four and a half pounds. Mm-hmm. Now in today's society, that would be considered a preemie. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what my grandmother had to go through at mm-hmm. that time because my mother was born in 1944. Mm-hmm. So... She started having her first child when she was, she had her first child, she got pregnant at 15, had her first child at 16. Mm -hmm. So we don't know what she went through. Mm -hmm. That's right. And I I think in like our relationship, there's been a lot of, a lot of our conversation has been around, like when I got pregnant, like we immediately went into, I went into like, tell me about your birth. Tell me, tell me everything. <laughs> I need to know all the things um, because I I felt like uh, from a lot of places it wasn't it didn't make sense to me. So I was like, I need to go to like the source, mm-hmm. the queen, mm-hmm. and get some, right. some knowledge. <laughs> but it it was really enlightening though to talk to have to have you talk about specifically thinking about like the postpartum piece because. Like thinking about who I was, I was like, I needed to know that information. And a mm-hmm. lot of the prep that I did during my first pregnancy was to help in that postpartum period. Because mm-hmm. I was like, listen, I know that my mom had this. I know that this is why it was because of this. I want to make sure that I don't, that I can at least get myself to a point that if, if that was to come up, I know what to do, where to go. Um, but that came came from ha- being able to have like an open dialogue about this is what I experienced, so here's what I'm going to give to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we talk all the time about how much learning has happened between the both of us through my own birth experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Laurel has taught me so much about um, giving birth and education and so I'm now, I'm the mother, but I'm learning from my daughter. Mm-hmm. And she's the first one to have children, and she'll be able to educate her siblings and mm-hmm. help her siblings as well, where, as I stated, I don't even think I talk to anybody mm-hmm. other than to say, I'm pregnant, and the babies do. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's it. You know, you just go through your pregnancy on your own. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So. But I even think about how the shift happens just from them being able to see stuff. Like our siblings, our families being able to see how we're 
and that's why I like this podcast and other places where we're talking about our experiences are so important because people get to see something that's coming from our community, but that it can look different. Right. Or this is what it can look like. Like, you know, I think about my siblings being like, well, even you and dad, a home birth. That was what? <laughs> why? Say, that was... <laughs> exactly. Why? What? <laughs> But, you know, it it, it was one of the, it it was just like a miracle. Just, Mm -hmm. we thought about it and we were like, I don't understand. But as Laurel said, mom, women gave birth at home years ago. What Mm -hmm. difference does it make? And I'm just like, I don't know. (laughs) But. Y'all had to write up a whole email. I had to put links. I had to really like. There you go. I'm, I'm serious. I was like, oh. They was at every appointment. <laughs> you know, it was. <laughs> but it all, it turned out fine. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was a great, it, it was a great experience. Yeah. It was. You know. I mean, you know, my, my siblings joke and they might be serious. They might not. But like, I'm thinking my brother would be like, yeah, all my children going to be home birth. I'm like, well, that's a conversation that you'll need to have. Right. With your wife, but right, you know. Right, right. Um, but yeah, just how how things can be shifted when we are open mm-hmm. and are willing to have that dialogue. And not even just dialogue, but allowing people to come into those spaces to see the difference. Right. Not only that, um, I think something we talk about with them, Birth Stories in Color, and also like with Root, like listen to black women, listen mm-hmm. to women. So many people that I've talked to um, with birth stories often say, well, I don't have a story. I don't really have a story. It's like, yes, you do. Mm-hmm. You just not be- haven't been listened to right. or acknowledged. Right. And we all have a story, right. even if your birth was six hours. Like, right. this, this like it's like, it's a six-hour birth. It was, it was just six hours. You know what I mean? But it's like, no, I had this time before what my experience was with my provider, my time in the hospital, my time with my family afterward, the woman I was after that, all of that is a part of the story yes. that keeps being told. Yes. So. Yes. That is so true. That is so true. Um, thinking about your postpartum, so I'll first ask this. What, um, what were some things that you did to assist, like, to help with, you know, dealing with your postpartum depression well of course I went I, you know I went to the doctor I gave them my symptoms and I think they already had known what was going on so I I took medication mm-hmm. I took medication and um, I was on it for a couple months um, I want to say it helped but it didn't because you know when you put foreign substances in your body it, it just didn't make me feel right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I said, I'm going to have to do something to alleviate this myself. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to make sure that I do something to alleviate this myself. So that's what I did. And uh, within a couple months, I was done. And I think the thing that's really important is not many people will discuss that sometimes they have to take medication, that that's okay, and that that's... Um, that if that's the route that you have to go, fine, do that. I think we have just like stigma around like if I have to take medication, then I'm a bad parent. And that's not true. Like sometimes just doing the meditation or the yoga or the other options that you might have may not be able to get to the root 
of what's going on and you may need an extra boost that might come from the medication and that right. doesn't mean that you're you're bad or that you're doing something um, I think the most important thing is what are you doing to help make sure that you're able to be a parent right and mm-hmm. take and take care of your family because I knew right. that that is something right. that I had to do um, I knew it wasn't going to be long term but I knew how I was feeling mm-hmm. And I needed something to help me alleviate whatever it was I was going through that mm-hmm. nobody told me, mm-hmm. you know, you go through this. Mm-hmm. And through prayer, taking the medication, and in a couple months it just subsided. And I was able to say, okay, I don't need this anymore. Mm-hmm. And I was fine. I was fine. But I mm-hmm. knew I knew something was wrong with me. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm going to get the help I need. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Levita is very in tune with Levita. <laughs> Y'all. Right. Um, but thinking about that, how did you how did you think about that for the rest of your births? Like, was that something that was in the back of your mind about what your postpartum might be like? Is it a discussion like you have with your doctor to be on alert? Or you kind of just were like, we'll see. You know, after... Amber's birth and after going through I don't even think I ever thought about it again Mm -hmm. because I didn't want to open up Pandora's box Mm -hmm. you understand what I'm saying right I'm being pregnant now I'm pregnant with my third child I didn't want to put those thoughts in my mind Mm -hmm. okay I'm Mm going to deliver this child and I'm going to go through the same scenario that I did with my second child so I think because for me, because I didn't think about it, maybe I didn't go. I didn't mm-hmm. go through it mm-hmm. because I just wouldn't let myself think about that. Now I know with uh, my third child, Ron Jr., they had said they saw something on. I don't know. It could have been blood work or something, and they wanted to do an amniocentesis, mm. and then they told me all the risk and everything of the amniocentesis. And I said, I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. I said, I'll deal with whatever issue there might be that you might be seeing when my child get here. Mm -hmm. And come come to it, there was nothing there. Mm -hmm. So I was really invasive too. Right, it's very invasive, and I knew uh, what it entails. And I told my doctor, I said, I am not doing that. I'm not doing it. So whatever you see or whatever the blood work shows, we'll deal with that once he's here. He was born a healthy child. Mm-hmm. So it, it could have been something that they would have done that was unnecessary that could have caused something else. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, that's not going to happen. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well... Thank you for sharing. <laughs> I learned some new things today. Well, um, thank you, ladies, for having me. You know, thank you for having me. You guys have taught me so much, and I love everything that, you know, you guys are doing with birth stories in color, root, learning all about doula, midwives, um, Something, as I said, when I was having my children, wasn't accessible. It probably was accessible, but was not given that information. 
And with everything that you guys are doing, we have a lot of lot of our African-American women, a lot of young girls out there could understand that they do have choices. They have choices in the way that, um, you know, they, they deliver. They have choices in information that they can go to when it comes to wanting to even nurse your baby. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes those options aren't given as well. And there are other areas that they can go to if they're struggling, like I did when I first tried to nurse Laurel, mm -hmm. that they can get the education that they need. So, job well done. Thank you. Thank you. You talking about breastfeeding wanted me to go back to that. Um, you had said that you tried with me, you didn't with Amber. What um, was it something like with Ronnie and Sydney that like they put them chest to chest and they immediately latched? Like how did you get, how did you shift to go back to like, hey, I'm willing to try this again? Well, I just thought, I said to myself, look, I know I, know I can do this. Mm -hmm. I know I can do this. When you say chest to chest, they didn't do that when mm. I was mm. uh, having babies. Okay. And I see this now, and I'm just amazed. Like, when I came to see you after you'd given birth to Naomi, and there is Naomi laying on Frankie's chest, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. skin to skin. They didn't recommend that type mm -hmm. of stuff, that, that, that type of bonding. Yeah. Um, but I just knew with the third child, I said, I know I'm capable of doing this. And, of course, you know... You, Ron Jr. being a boy, he latched on, no problem, no problem at all. <laughs> so, and then with Sydney, I said, well, if I was able to nurse him, then I should be able to nurse Sydney. And Sydney, she did the same. So. And did you, was it something like you guys, you tried nursing once you got home or was it still in the hospital no, that they made you? it was okay. still in the hospital okay. and, um, you know, they just positioned in different ways and mm -hmm. once he latched on that was I had no problem after that and even with Sydney um, they, they said are you going to nurse or are you going to bottle feed mm -hmm. I said well I'm already you know I was nursing Ron Jr. I said so I'm going to nurse her and I I didn't have a problem well that is right I think about you saying you were already nursing Ron Jr. Mm -hmm. they're not that far <laughs> there's not that much distance between 18 them 18 months and so 18 months um I think you mentioned once that Ronnie only you knew that you were pregnant because Ronnie had stopped. Right. He nursing. had stopped nursing. He would nurse, so he weaned himself. He would nurse and then he just let the milk just drill out his mouth. And <laughs> my 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 yeah, my late grandmother said she said the reason is is that you're pregnant again and so now your the consistency of your milk it doesn't taste the same and mm -hmm. he she said it could be the hormones. So mm -hmm. he weaned himself. Mm -hmm. He weaned himself. So mm -hmm. and I nursed Sydney up until uh 6 months <laughs> and then I was I was like, "Okay. All right, Sid. <laughs> Mama loves you, but Ah, uh, let's transition here. Yeah. Yeah. Let's and you know it's so funny because Sydney didn't like the bottle. She was doing the sippy cup at six months, you know. I mean at six months she would do the like the sippy cup because she wanted to nurse and I was like Okay. We're good. <laughs> Thanks, Lovely. Right. <laughs> I was like, we're good. We're good. I'm done. Uh, I'm done. I love you. I love yeah. you. Yeah, that's, I, did, I did. I did. We will show love another one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, ah, yeah. Uh, 
but I think it's a wonderful thing, though. I think it's 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 beautiful bonding, um, and it's just a wonderful thing. But you know, that's not taught anymore. You know, a lot of a lot of women. Well, it wasn't taught then. Now I think I've, I've seen a shift, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. especially with us. Mm -hmm. It's a shift mm -hmm. where. Um, mothers are nursing more, especially African-American mothers. They are nursing more. But like I said, I just had thought about it in my head. Oh, I want to nurse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then when I couldn't with you, and I tried for two weeks with Laurel, and they kept saying, well, she's getting, uh, she's still getting uh, the nutrients, you know. But it was evident after two weeks, um, my grandmother was like, if you don't get that baby a bottle <laughs> right now. Mm -hmm. And I mean, Laurel just Suck the whole bottle down. <laughs> she was like, thank, thank goodness. goodness. <laughs> <laughs> but then I go into, like, I have so many questions. Like, oh what, was the milk transferring right? Like, did they do a weigh-in Did they do a, a weigh in with me? Like, you know, just thinking, I know that they didn't, but, like, just thinking about what now, you know now, what I know now about mm -hmm. what could have been done, oh, you know, differently okay. to education see. Education-wise. Education-wise like, and support-wise to see you know, to help that relationship. Um, and I think, you know, after you give your baby a bottle and, and you've been struggling with nursing and you see them take down that bottle, that can be defeating. Right. And then at that point, you're like, well, I guess I don't um, need to nurse anymore. So then I just, I have like all the questions after, <laughs> after that. But <laughs> I didn't try after I gave you the bottle. I could tell you yeah, that. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. I did not try. So I was. But like, I, and I also go that to was like. A relief too for you. The, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, thinking about what had what had made you. <laughs> Our co-host is like y'all. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, not not seeing it or not talking about it, but what was it about nursing that that made you want to nurse? Like, did you see other people nursing? Was it just something you were like, I know I want to do this. I had never seen anyone nurse, but I just knew in my mind it was something I wanted to do mm -hmm. so and then after two weeks of not being able to I got pregnant with Aunt when I got pregnant with Amber two years later I I was just like immediately mm -hmm. like no I'm not even yeah. gonna try yeah so yeah. well is there anything else you would like to share with our listeners it can be about birth it can be about you it can be anything else that you want to leave them with no, not really. <laughs> She's like, I've shared it all. Um, okay, well, how can, um, because you do do a lot of work around the importance of fathers and um, that relationship, and you have a book, um, Our Father's Love, what is a way that people can, and we'll link all of this for sure, but what's a way that um, our listeners can get your book or... Um, connect with you to get more information about that. Okay, basically my book um, is titled A Father's Love, as Laurel indicated, and um, it's my story. Um, my platform is I want to educate uh, especially fathers, but also African-American fathers about the important role that they play in their children's lives. Um, you know, we always hear about what a young male goes through when he does not have his father in his life mm -hmm. but we never hear about what we as females go through when we don't have our fathers in our lives mm -hmm. and I always tell fathers that I talk to you know 
our fathers are supposed to be the first ones to tell us that they love us, mm. not Robbie, Ricky, Bobby, and Mike. <laughs> so if Say we that. heard <laughs> that I love you from our father, we are more apt to understand and love ourselves mm. as women, especially African-American women. Um, you can get my book at uh, www.fathersloveboom.com. Dot com. All righty. Well, thank you. thank you again. Thank you for ladies. sharing and coming with us. Um, I'm gonna be asking more questions after this, but <laughs> I just think I mean we we stress so much how how important it is to know your own birth. Yes. Um, okay. and so being able to to have more dialogue around it is great. Um, and I I hope this inspires other people to kind of um, have these conversations. Yes. So. Thank you again. And thank you. Thanks for listening to Birth Stories in Color. To hear this show and other episodes, head to birthstoriesincolor.com.